the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looks so good like she made us money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. It's a woman's <laughs> you know what's not hers, as in little Liz Lincoln? The seat in Wyoming. The Get pe- him out of here. That's right. The people spoke last night, and this was a hard message that was sent to the little rhino that couldn't and the rest of the Never Trumpers. <coughs> exactly what was that message, and why didn't she hear it? <coughs> Is she deaf? Listen, I'm sorry for coughing, y'all, but... Before the show, Skins and I got so tickled, or I guess I got tickled, watching this video of this <laughs> this prime minister, some whoever he, this dude was in Ontario, who swallowed a bee while he was out and giving a press conference <laughs> so, somewhere. Excuse me, I am so sorry. I, you know, it it could be that I'm so tickled because I'm absolutely exhausted. I was up so late last night. And when I'm exhausted, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, when I'm super tired, it makes me even, you know, like punch drunk or whatever. I get really silly and stuff makes me yeah, tickle. Yeah, but when there's something funny on oh the my air, gosh. even before the show, it, it's hard to get you to stop. Abs- yeah, it just, yeah, once I get started. But let me tell y'all, I, I, and I was, I was watching him, I was thinking, you know what? If Liz Cheney last night in her concession speech, she could have benefited from having to swallow a bee to stop her from continuing the humiliation of herself with that speech, that non-concession speech. We're going to play a couple of clips from it. And then we're actually going to play a couple of clips from her the morning after because there is a complete disconnect from the, with this woman in her brain from reality. And and as much as we can mock her today, and oh, there's so much to mock. There's so much to mock. It's actually disturbing. And we've got to continue to dig our heels in, right? Laura Ingram said, oh, do you think the people are going to be so exhausted that they're just going to want to move on? Oh, no. Uh, there Last night was a message. And let me tell you, one of the message, one of the messages that came out of last night's primary is that MAGA... They thought that continuing to go after Donald Trump, that at some point they were going to cut the head off the snake and 75 million MAGA voters were going to go away. And you know what the MAGA voters are saying over and over and over in these primaries? Going nowhere. We are going anywhere. You are. You are. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. I should have already introduced him because y'all know that voice. It's the very delicious and never, never been one to swallow a bee in the middle of giving a speech. It is DJ Potato Skins. Yesterday, I met in this very room with DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. And Andrea, after we play the clip, I really hope you address the uh, the senator from Wyoming with the proper respect uh, mm-hmm. by her correct last name. 
Oh, okay. What did did she remarry? What she has a correct? No, last I think name? she's re- she's related to one of our former great presidents. <laughs> I, I, this was, I mean, this was shocking. You know, this was. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of other moments in which in which somebody says something, some big name celebrity says something so shocking. My mouth hung open when I heard. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, the disconnect from reality here was absolutely astounding. As Liz Cheney, a, 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 in a speech that she's probably been working on for six months, went to the microphones last night. I kind of referenced it last night, but I didn't actually hear it. I just saw kind of a reference to it on last night. But this is incredibly telling. When you listen to what she had to say today, this is kind of the big the big takeaway um, that many people had from her speech. Skins, please play clip two. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed. He saved our union. And he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Wow. This woman has a serious God complex and a hero complex, like for real. Like for real. She knows that what she's been doing has been lies. And, but I actually believe that she feels as though the one-sided, the lies and everything that they've been doing with the January 6th commission, and you all know all the different ways in which they've been pushing out lies and trampling you know, the rights of Americans and throwing them in the gulag, everything that's been going on with this January 6th commission. She knows. She knew, for example, that Cassidy Hutchinson girl, you know, was, was telling some, ball, some, some really big ones. It was, that, that Donald Trump, you know, from the back of the beast, you know, tried to tried to manhandle a couple of Secret Service agents to try to steal the presidential limo and tried to choke out a Secret Service agent. I mean, I'm hearing people saying, you know what, she she had the confidence of her convictions. She knows that what she's saying is lies, but she absolutely sees herself as the hero to the nation. This woman is literally mentally disturbed, quite frankly. The God complex she has. One of the things she mentioned last night, I didn't pull a clip from, she said, you know, and by the way, there was absolutely nothing in this 15 minute long speech that had anything to do or addressed in any way the voters in in, in Wyoming. No, her constituents meant Not nothing a word. to her. This was the most arrogant display of she, she should have been wearing a corset ball gown and a powder wig. It's absolutely outrageous the way she spit in the face of those voters. Last election, I won by 73%. And now I lost basically because you idiots, you rubes, couldn't, couldn't appreciate what I was putting down was her attitude. I'm looking around thinking, are, are you, and you wonder why you got kicked to the curb? I don't think this came, this did come as a surprise to her. Many people thought um, that she knew that, that in, in fact, I heard some big conservative earlier today who was saying that, you know, he had complimented her yesterday because she did have the courage of her convictions and she was going to go down on the courage of her convictions. No, this woman deserves no credit whatsoever. She was, uh, what happened in Wyoming last night is exactly what our founders wanted to happen, which was the people at the state level reviewed and evaluated the work that was being done by somebody whose sole job was to represent them in Washington, D.C., and refused to do so. She knew, going back, all the way back into January of 2021, as soon as this January 6th stuff started, 
And she's and as soon as she got herself involved in the impeachment post January 6th, she, the Republican Party in Wyoming said, we don't want to recognize her as a Republican anymore. She has known for a year and a half. And yet she still thought that these people were going to reelect her because her attitude is you're stupid. I don't care what you think you want, Wyoming residents. I'm your ruler. And I'm entitled to, because I'm smarter than you, because I know more than you, I'm entitled to do whatever I want to do. And you're just going to keep electing me and put up with it. That's the attitude. This was a rejection, a complete rejection and repudiation as, as it should be through the ballot box of the establishment uniparty system being ruled by these dynastic families, all of which are on the take. Who does she really view as her constituents? The global elites. The K, the, the K Street lobbyist. How did this woman, who, who supposedly was just some stay-at-home mom or something or some policy wonk or whatever, you know, I'm not, I'm not even, you know, other than whatever corporate gig her dad got her, she didn't really have any, any career that's, that's real that I'm aware of, suddenly amassed almost $40 million working in D.C. of her own wealth. Because that's who her constituents are. This is all about, she is, she is everything wrong with the U.S. government today, and the voters let her know it. And she, uh, I want to play this other clip, which she has to say today before I, before I reach my next point. You know, she, she did an interview this morning, and she starts talking about election deniers. I want you to hear this clip, clip three. I think we have to make sure that we are fighting against every single election denier. Uh, the election deniers uh, right now are Republicans. And I think that uh, it shouldn't matter what party you are. Uh, nobody should be voting for those people, supporting them uh, or, or backing them. This woman is pretending that she is the, the, last, the last bulwark for, for freedom in the United States of American Constitution and, and, and us being, a, you know, a nation based on the Constitution. And yet she doesn't think you have the right to question the outcome of an election or vote I, who I want to vote for or vote for who I want to vote for. She's dictator dick and drag. Who do you think you are, lady? And by the way, I don't remember hearing a peep out of her the last four years about Hillary Clinton or any of the rest of them that continue to this day to say the that uh, uh Donald Trump did not legitimately win in 2016 that the Russians helped him win. This is their attitude for her to specifically say, we've got election deniers now, just like we just like the covid deniers, just like climate change deniers. If you don't tout the narrative, you deserve to be crushed. That's her attitude. And she represents the the establishment of both parties. And let me tell you, that's that that actually put a little chill up my spine because what she and and, and she's talking about and she's and, and because what I'm reading here, we should and any political party should support election deniers. That should put a chill up your spine, because let me tell you why, because included in this January 6th is 75 million MAGA voters. And by the way, she was perfectly happy to let Democrats lie and pretend that they were Republicans in order to vote for her to deny the the rightful election, deny the votes of actual Republican voters in her state. She was happy to let Democrats attempt to steal the election for her. Unfortunately for her, there's not enough Democrats in the state and they couldn't they could they couldn't get that through. 
But the most interesting of all, (laughs) in terms of delusion, is that she actually is considering and admitted. Well, of course, it was an admission she's running in 2024 when she compared herself to Lincoln and said he lost two in Congress before he went on to win the most important one. First of all, when Lincoln lost back then in congressional race before he went on to win the, the presidency, that, that was not what's going on right now. There's no analogy between losing then and her. the message was clear. She lost by almost 60 percent in what's supposed to be her home state. And this was a reelection that she lost. This wasn't trying to throw your hat in the ring for the first time. Almost nobody wins the first time they they run for Congress unless they have name recognition, unless they have a family dynasty whose coattails they can ride on. Didn't do your job, lady. You didn't do your job. And she didn't have the decency, the character or the integrity to or to respect the voters and to have at least said to them, it's been an honor to serve you over these years. No, that never figured into it Never came, never came into her speech at all. She wants to continue. She wants to run for president. And in the meantime, continue to to do everything that she can to try to ensure that the weight of the U.S. government is coming down on Donald J. Trump and 75 million MAGA voters. Anybody who dares to question the outcome of an election. The reason why she's not reading the writing on the wall is because there's a whole lot in the Republican establishment that's got a whole lot of money her way. She's got the war chest. She's got the war chest to make a run for it. And it's our job. And she's banking on the fact that tomorrow there's a there's a hearing down in Florida that has to do with that affidavit. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to spend a little bit more time on Liz Cheney because some other comments she made today in an interview on uh, the Today Show was with, I believe, Savannah Guthrie also made the hair in the back of my neck stand up. And we got to talk about uh, that as well as what's going down in Florida tomorrow. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170. The answer, San Diego. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. And I'm just calling to congratulate the citizens of Wyoming who scraped Liz Cheney off of their cowboy boots. <laughs> hip hip hooray. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. The citizens of Wyoming scraped little Liz Lincoln Cheney off the bottoms of their cowboy boots up in Wyoming. And the stench is probably worse than anything they might have stepped in in the cow pastures. What does it mean, though, going forward into the midterms? Um, you, you had, you were concerned last night, Skins. You said that if she wins, if the Democrats are able to push her over, it's a bad sign for the midterms. What do you think the message is? And well, she clearly didn't get the message, but what do you think from the voters? What do you think it means for the midterms? I think it's a good sign. I was afraid that it would just show that no matter how many of her constituents were against her, that the, you know, that the shenanigans of election integrity would prevail, keep her in office. And that's what we would have to look forward to in November. It really is all about turnout, 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 as much as, you know, we don't want to have to rely on that. And they showed up. They said no kicked her to the curb, and I think that there's a gr- good possibility we're going to see a lot more of that in November. We have to see that. What we what, what the message is out of this little state of Wyoming is that people waited hours and voted. The energy, the excitement, the determination right now is uh, the, the, the message from the MAGA movement. I think I said it at the open of the show. The message is to this. 
And I don't think it's just MAGA. The message is we are sick and tired in this country. I think it's the average American. Uh, the average American, the forgotten American. This is kind of like 2016 all over again. It's like we're sick to death of you establishment, uniparty people. It's more obvious to us now than ever. That you're nothing but rulers who see us as stupid pigeon peasants. We're not buying your crap. You don't represent us. You keep trying to you keep trying to take out our leader. But oh, by the way, we're not idiots. We actually we actually believe in Trump and MAGA because we believe in the policies of MAGA. We're not idiot cult followers and stop treating us as such. And we are going to get rid of you and we're going to replace you rhinos with actual legitimate America first candidates who are going to support us and stop the nonsense of open borders, stop the nonsense of cutting off five-year-olds genitalia, stop the nonsense of feeding, handing us over to these globalists in the World Economic Forum, stop the nonsense of destroying our energy and oil sector, all the nonsense, the CRT, we're done with you. We're done with you lying to our face. We, we, the, we, we, we've seen through you people for a while now, and we only held our nose. You people will only be able they, in fact, Trump has completely destroyed the Clinton, the Bush, the Cheney dynasties, and at the state level, he also got rid of the McCain's. MAGA got rid of the McCain people. We got rid of the Bushes. Um, Jeb's son didn't win in, in, in Texas. It's like we're done. It's been decades. This is why I said the other night, 2016 is really was really the first election in my lifetime that really mattered to the deep state. And I think this is the next one. And this is the next one because the American people have had it. We have had it when we see... We've been saying for seven years we're sick to death of a, of a two-tier justice system where Christian Saucier, Navy sailor, can be put in a brig for a year and a half or six photos on, a, on his phone, and Hillary Clinton can do everything that you all know that she did. But here's Liz Cheney today insulting not just Wyoming voters the day after, but also MAGA. Please play clip five. Americans and Americans across this country who will. And finally, in the moments we have, word on the street was that you and your team were fond of an editorial recently that likened you to Obi-Wan Kenobi in oh, Star Wars. You said to Darth uh, Vader. I gave you the wrong number. Four? No, uh, no, it's uh, Trump has betrayed Republican voters. Uh, on our on our republic. Well, in point of fact, Republican leader Kevin McCarthy did consider this yeah. a referendum on your work on January 6th. President Trump, former President Trump last night said it was a complete rebuke of that work. And you have said in the past that you thought the voters of Wyoming fundamentally understood how important that fidelity to the Constitution was. Did you get that wrong? Do people see it differently in the Republican Party? Look, I think what we've seen, uh, not just in Wyoming, but across the country, is that uh, Donald Trump has betrayed uh, Republican <laughs> voters. He's lied to them. Those who support him have lied to them. And, and they're using people's patriotism against them. They're preying on people's patriotism. Uh, you know, Kevin everything, McCarthy. That's, that, everything that she just said is what she's guilty of. She's asked specifically by Savannah Guthrie of whether or not the voters of Wyoming uh, well, she says it in a way that's insulting. Savannah Guthrie does to the voters of Wyoming. She says to Liz Cheney, you thought the voters of Wyoming understood how important the fidelity of the Constitution was. In other, in other words, you've said that the Wyoming voters supported you in this January 6th crap. And did you get it wrong? And so Liz Cheney's response is to once again attack Donald Trump and base, attack the voters basically through attacking Donald Trump by saying that, that he lied to them. And basically the Wyoming voters are just a bunch of idiots. They couldn't see through Donald Trump. 
Think about how insulting that is to the voters. And yet this woman seems to think still that she's got a shot in 2024. This is astounding to me. And talk about using people's patriotism. This is a woman who last night compared herself to U.S. military that die in battle. I hope she runs in 2024. She'll get squashed. I hope she runs. I want you to run, little Lizzie Lincoln. I want the Republican Party and Ronna McDaniel to spend every damn dime can you imagine, wasting it on you. Andrea, can you imagine her in a debate with Trump? <laughs> that would be gold. <laughs> It'll be way worse and for her. And he would call her little Lizzie Lincoln. Oh, my gosh. And it will be way worse for her than anything that went down with Megyn Kelly. Okay. Remember after the Megyn Kelly thing, Trump said he thought he saw blood coming out of her eyeballs. I do. do. Let me tell you, little Liz, you know that you cannot even, you can't even match Donald Trump uh, in in an entrance, in walking onto the stage. And Obi-Wan let Kenobi, you are not. Yeah, well, let's play the clip for people because I, I actually don't even understand this Obi-Wan Kenobi oh, clip. I do. But, so, but I, I pulled it for you because you did, so maybe you can translate it for me, why she's comparing herself to Obi-Wan Kenobi. Clip four. Americans and Americans across this country who will. And finally, in the moments we have, word on the street was that you and your team were fond of an editorial recently that likened you to Obi-Wan Kenobi mm. in Star Wars, who said to <laughs> Darth Vader, essentially, as they duked it out. If you strike me down now, I will be stronger in death. Is that how you see it? You're stronger in political death this morning? Well, I don't I don't see it as death this morning. Uh, my kids certainly appreciate that analogy. They've been running the YouTube clip around the house. <laughs> but I think we have a tremendous amount of work to do. And uh, certainly, uh, I am absolutely going to continue this battle. I think it's the most important thing I've ever been involved in. And I think uh, it's, it's certainly the most important thing, challenge that our nation has faced in recent history. Uh, and maybe... Okay, first of all... You mentioned Darth Vader. Yeah, you're a lot more like Darth Vader. You are not a Jedi Knight who is noble and honest and truthful. Farthest thing from, Liz, you are not Obi-Wan Kenobi. And yeah, running 24. Okay, well, I, I, I don't understand any of that. But what I what I do think is funny is, her, according to her, her kids have been playing a video that had to do with her political death. <laughs> So basically, if I understand what that video clip is about, maybe she's just being optimistic well, with her kids. Well, no, I mean, basically what this clip supposedly says is and she's uh, that um, that she will be stronger in death. In other words, her kids are saying you're political in the movie. Obi-Wan Kenobi was struck down and then he was still able to give this sage advice okay. to the rest of the universe. Right. So but but the but the key part here is that being that she will be stronger in death. My point is her kids using that clip are basically telling ma hey ma your political career is dead it's dead (laughs) but then she goes on to talk on a serious tip she says that this january 6th thing is the most important challenge that our nation has faced in recent history and maybe since the civil war and one that we must win you know here's where i'm going to agree with little liz lincoln this is probably the biggest battle in, in terms of a civil war in since the civil war this is a and this is a battle that they are determined to win because with this is a battle right now and she's right about this it this we are literally in a battle for the future of the united states and they are realizing that we know it and they're beginning to realize that it it, which is i didn't think andrea they thought we were going to uh push back this way they didn't think we were they thought that they she thought 
and the January 6th committee and their little televised hearings, they thought the American people were so stupid. They thought they controlled the message and the information so well through their legacy media and through their big tech that they had the American people so fooled that they had stopped people from seeing 2000 mules that they had uh, through lawsuits with Dominion shut down any conversation about election fraud that took place and that the American people were going to be in lockstep and submit like they did under COVID. And they took for granted the fact that they could control the message and control the minds of voters. And they're seeing that we're not to be controlled. And they're seeing that we get it. We get that this is quite frankly, the biggest challenge for the establishment since the civil war. They're realizing now they got a battle on their hands that they can't control us like they could here they've been thinking we'll just get rid of trump and then kind of like when they kind of like they they actually did a good job we had a friend from the tea party group in east county call in last night but, but quite frankly the establishment did a good job with the irs and basically you know kind of dispersing and, and and mitigating the the tea party movement but maga movement is probably the most consequential political movement and at least in my lifetime and what they're realizing now is that it, it, it it's here to stay and we're not going away no matter what you end up doing to donald trump but i gotta convict him andrea Somebody will take his place and it will be. And let me, I'm going to tell you right now, we're about we're going to take a break in a moment. We're going to talk about 2024 and the woman who could possibly give Trump a run for his money, say some. Um, but let me tell you, if they manage to for some way take Donald Trump out of contention in 2024, Ron DeSantis will step in. 100 percent. 100 percent. But on the Democrat side. Joel Gilbert's going to be here. The Democrats, everybody's been saying it's going to be Kamala Harris. It's going to be Gavin Newsom. Joel Gilbert says it's absolutely 100% going to be Michelle Obama. She's been prepping for it for years. She's she, When she says she hates politics, it's a lie. And he's going to be here in a moment. He's got a, a film out in a book called Michelle Obama 2024, the real story of Michelle Obama and her plan for power. Do you think that Michelle Obama could be the one to give Trump a run for his money in 24-888-344-1170? AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. We've been talking about little Liz Lincoln Cheney, talking about running in 2024. <laughs> you go, girl. I can't wait to see you primary Trump and get crushed on the debate stage. Uh, speaking of who Trump could crush, possibly is the Democrat candidate. Who's really running on the Democrat side in 2024? Everybody's saying it's going to be Gavin Newsom. My next guest said, oh, no, no, no. It's actually going to be supposedly America's favorite woman, Michelle Obama. He's got a book, a movie out called Michelle Obama 2024, her real life story and plan for power. And he joins me now. Super excited to have him with me. Joel Gilbert, welcome to the Andrea K. Show. Hi, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so I've never believed that she's the most popular person in America, um, particularly after watching the Netflix show about her, uh, which died in the ratings, understandably so. Um, but many people think that uh, that she is and say that she is. Um, and 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 but I think that could be because she's carefully crafted 
her story, and a lot of people don't know the real Michelle Obama, but you document all that in your book, don't you? That's right. It's a, both a book and a film, by the way. The book is on Amazon.com and the film version on SalemNow.com. Uh, and look, Michelle really is the most popular person in America. She's uh, at the top of all the ratings for the most popular woman, for sure. Huh. And she's been getting, think about it, she's had all positive publicity since 2008. Since she was first lady, she did hundreds of magazine covers, yeah. sitcoms, talk shows. About 100 million followers on all her social media. So she really is the most popular, best-loved Democrat. I am convinced she's running for president. She's really following the same formula that Barack did to become president. Uh, Barack was the keynote speaker for John Kerry at the Democrat convention in mm-hmm. 2004. Yep. Michelle was the keynote speaker for, for Joe Biden. That's the slot they, they introduce as the candidate that they typically give to the person they think will be the nominee at the next convention. Mm. Uh, Barack based his candidacy on his personal story, his best-selling book, Dreams from My Father. Michelle, in 2018, wrote her book, uh, autobiography called Becoming, that became also a movie on Netflix. She went on a big you know, world tour with her book. Uh, and she actually also heads up a voter registration <coughs> excuse me, organization mm-hmm. uh, called When We All Vote. Same thing Barack did in Chicago. So she, I see her, you know, as the best-loved Democrat, the person who's preparing to run for president that no one's talking about. Well, you're right. Nobody's talking about it. Uh, I actually had somebody on Facebook who say, you got to watch this movie um, uh, and uh, about your movie. What do we learn about the real story? I, and, and i got to say, you know, I, 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 I'm still not sure that I buy that she's the most popular person. I know what the polls say. But when I watched that Netflix series Becoming, I think you're right that she's had a very controlled media personality. When she starts to show, however, who she really is, the public doesn't like her. When she said that, like, for example, which is mentioned in the movie Becoming on Netflix, uh, when she said, the, this is the first time I've ever been proud of my country, man, America saw a little glimpse of the real Michelle, and they didn't like her so much. And when I watched that movie Becoming, she comes across, the real Michelle to me is incredibly um, arrogant, cold, uh, and not likable. What well, do you- yeah, okay, well, I, I can see how you might come to that conclusion. But uh, look, uh, yeah, Michelle, look, she... She is a very political person. She's been political her whole life. Her father was a precinct captain in Chicago. I didn't know that. Yeah. In other words, he worked for the Democrat Party machine. He had a job, patronage job given to him by the mayor of Chicago. Uh, You know, Michelle, her whole life has been political. Now, she was so over the top political, as you mentioned, in 2008. Uh, She said, for the first time in my life, I'm proud of my country. There was so much bad publicity from that. They kind of told her, they kind of reined her in and said, look, you're hurting the campaign. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that you hate politics and you want to be the mom in chief. So she yeah. agreed to kind of take a step back and not make the mistake that Hillary Clinton made by trying to do this two for one thing. Yeah. And that's how she became so popular over the years by just being non-controversial. But uh, as you saw from the film, she does. She has a very strong personality. Mm-hmm. I think she's going to you know, be her own person out there. Barack is not going to be out there with her. But she has been developing that whole audience of the single, uh, single mothers, working moms, uh, you know, the Oprah crowd, the Hillary crowd. She's mm-hmm. developed that audience, and she has just huge support. And, uh, but what I do in the film is actually talk to her kindergarten classmates, her elementary school teachers, high school classmates, 
college professor, you name it, even talked to her mother. And uh, I have a portrait of her that is very different from what she portrays. Michelle has been chronically making up stories, trying to manipulate minorities and black voters Mm -hmm. uh, with phony claims of racial discrimination to get their sympathy and their votes. But Michelle had a very privileged childhood. She actually talks about, in her book, uh, getting in fistfights with black kids who accused her of acting white and talking white. And she actually said on her tour that she was afraid of black people. She was afraid to go out of her house. So she really spent her life running away from the black community. And as an executive working for the mayor of Chicago, she uh, was in on this redevelopment scam. She was the assistant planning commissioner. She helped to knock down Cabrini Green was a project development with about 20,000 blacks lived there. She made them all homeless. Wow. She gave away the land to these uh, Tony Resco and these developers. And then she was so callous, she was uh, hired by the University of Chicago Medical Center Mm. uh, to prevent the local Southside black community from using the emergency room (laughs) at the hospital. So Michelle would actually put them in these vans and dump them at these crappy neighborhood strip mall clinics. Wow. she, She has a history of really selling out the black community, running away from the black community, being in fear of the black community. And as a politician, she tries to pretend to be one of these regular black folks that she spent her life exploiting. Well, you know what? Can you hold over a break for us? Sure. Yeah, we're Joel Gilbert of Michelle Obama, twenty twenty four, her real life story and plan for power book and movie on uh, Salem now, Salem Media now, which is we're we're on Salem Media. So thank you for being here tonight. I didn't know, uh, by the way, that his movie was on our our network. Uh, I can't wait to watch it. I mean, it's like I want to go home and watch it right now. But you guys stay tuned. We're going to keep Joel Gilbert with us over the break. <laughs> Excuse me, and we're going to continue the, this discussion. And I'm hoping I'm going to find out if, if Joe Gilbert knows why she actually lost her law license. Because those records might be sealed. He might have found out about that. I'm not sure. We'll find out after the break. Don't go anywhere. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The answer is San Diego. Andrea K. Telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Joe, Joe Gilbert is continuing with us, author of and filmmaker of uh, Michelle Obama 2024, her real life story and plan for power and only the truth can stop her. And I'm looking at it on uh, SalemNow.com. I am literally, as soon as I get home tonight, I am going to make myself a cup of tea and I am going to sit down and watch this. Joel Gilbert, I have questions. I have so yes. many questions. And I and I know that they, they are, the Obamas have done everything they could to try to hide the truth. But were you able in your digging to find out why she caught, had to cough up her law license? Yeah, I did look into that. I actually talked to the um, Bar Association in Illinois, and it appears not to be a big deal. Uh, Michelle was working for the for the uh, mayor of Chicago and clearly saw a career path not in law. So I think she gave it up uh, intentionally to avoid having to attend, uh, you know, yearly courses and okay. pay extra fees. So that was oh, okay. not a big deal. Okay. Yeah. All right. Keeping it honest. Yeah. Um, Princeton. I'm so curious about her time there. Uh, you know, I, I read years ago, I think it was pieces of some dissertation that she did that it was just like, you know, um, straight, at, straight up Malcolm X, right? 
Right. Yeah, I did a kind of a deep dive into the Princeton experience. Uh, one of the things I found out, of course, uh, Michelle's been telling the story for years about being racially profiled by her, oh, Princeton, yeah. by her high <laughs> yeah. school counselor who told her, you're black, maybe you shouldn't go to Princeton. Turns out her high school counselor was a church-going black woman. <gasps> so uh, the idea that she racially profiled her said that to her is just almost impossible. Uh, uh, Michelle got into Princeton largely because her brother was a basketball star there, and also probably because because of some affirmative action. Uh-huh. She, had, she had low test scores in high school. So she goes to Princeton, and she actually got very low grades in the first semester. And Michelle ran to the sociology department to try to maintain her grades because it was relatively easy and ended up studying Afro-American studies. I spoke to her thesis advisor, Howard Taylor, on uh, three occasions for over an hour and went through the whole thesis with him. And it's pretty interesting. It turns out Michelle pretty much just uh, embraced the black culture just for temporary means only to get a good grade Mm. and then kind of left it all behind having done so. Who is the real Michelle Obama? I mean, what is this woman really about? Uh, Michelle Obama is essentially, her, her conflict in life is that she, she uh, is kind of what she described in her book. She got in a fight with a girl as a kid who called her an Oreo, meaning black on the outside, white on the inside. Michelle really is uh, a girl that grew up with the typical Midwestern white background family, uh, didn't have any experiences with black people. She always ran away from education, including high school. And she blatantly lies about it. She says she went to the neighborhood school. She did not. She went an hour and a half away, even though there was a big, beautiful high school a block from her house that was all black. She ran away from it to study with white kids. She she lied and said her father, her parents could not afford private schools, but her brother went to a private Catholic school, 3,500 bucks a year at the time. Wow. So Michelle's conflict is that she has no street cred in the black community. She has no shared experiences with black people. She always had friends who were light-skinned or white people. She doesn't have black friends. And, of course, so, she married a man who's, who's half-white. Her brother married a white woman. Right. So let's talk about her plan for power, because she supposedly didn't want Barack to run for president, Couldn't you know hated living in the White House because it was supposedly built by slaves, doesn't want anything to do with politics. Um, if, she doesn't, if she's only pretending that she cares about black people, why, does she, why would she want to run in 2024? Yeah, Michelle is a very political person. Again, I told you earlier the story that she hates politics was kind of a cover story for uh, intense, lifelong political activity. If you look at her Twitter account, it's all politics all the time. She's reaching out to different groups. Her book, Becoming, is really a political document. She's kind of positioning herself to run for president. One example, in her book, she does not even say she went to Harvard Law School. She just says, I went to law school and then got a job as a lawyer. You know, because she wants to promote this image, uh, which she talks about in the movie. She says, I'm from the south side of Chicago. That's all you need to yep. know about me. Right. She wants people to think she's from, a, you know, grew up in a log cabin and mm-hmm. overcame all these obstacles. But in fact, she had a very privileged childhood. She's from a privileged fa- political family. She grew up in Jesse Jackson's house because uh, she was uh, best friends with his daughter, Santita. So she very much uh, is political. And uh, I'm convinced that she's planning to run for president. Okay. Besides theory, are you, or just your own, not theory, your own conclusions here, are you seeing anything in your research that shows fundraising activity, that shows any development of a campaign going on? 
Well, uh, Michelle doesn't really need to do any fundraising activity because she has such a huge name recognition. If she declared for president, she'd be leading by 50 points, you know, everywhere. Uh, look, she has her organization called When We All Vote. She was just here in Los Angeles about six weeks ago. She gave a fiery speech hitting on every Democrat talking point about everything. Michelle really never has original thoughts. She just kind of goes no. with whatever the whatever the talking points are, and she's very good at it. She's actually a better politician than Barack. She's a better mm-hmm. speaker. She comes off more authentic, and she's actually more popular than he is. So uh, her path to the White House is going to be uh, uh, just sitting there for her to, to, to decide to do it. And I think the Republicans are going to have a hard time with her because if they criticize her, the media is going to call them you know, racist, sexist, and, uh, you know, a hater. Well, she, yeah, she checks a lot of the identity boxes that the Republicans have been scared, you know, to, to, you know, criticize, right? They're scared to criticize anybody that checks a bunch of boxes. So, uh, but, but this isn't, this isn't 2008. And, you know, we don't have, you know, what we're seeing around the country is MAGA pushing out the McCain's, uh, that didn't want to ask any questions or, or allow anybody to ask any questions of the Obamas. It'll be interesting to, to the, the Democrat. I th- I'm, I'm kind of with you at this point that she's going to throw her head in because, I mean, they can't go with Biden. They can't go with Kamala. Yeah, yeah. I don't even think they can go with Mussolini because, you know, Gavin Newsom does not. He's not unknown to the rest of the country. This is no. a guy who sat up at French Laundry while, you know, people people were desperate down here and couldn't even open up their little taquerias. Yeah, they don't have much choice even if you could argue, but look, uh, uh, any Republican is going to have to take her on. They're going to have to start by saying, Michelle, will you apologize for what you did to the black community in Chicago? Mm. That would open up a whole can of worms. And I think uh, I think it's looking like Trump, and I think he's probably the person who's going to have to do it. But the media will be 99% on, her, on Michelle's side, and she knows it. Yeah. I mean, when you've got that kind of cover, when you've got the name recognition and the cover and the money, you know, it's it's like, why wouldn't she? She really is the Democrats only choice. Yeah. And, she'll appeal to nostalgia. She'll say, remember the Obama years. Remember how much you loved it. I was in the White House and I have the experience and people will buy into that. Well, I think that it will be interesting and it will be fascinating. And I think that's that's she's really the one to one to watch. Joel Gilbert, everybody needs to go. Thank you for being here tonight. Everybody can go watch the movie right now at SalemNow.com. Get the book on Amazon. And thank you for for your work. I can't wait to watch this tonight. Appreciate it. All right. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. We got another hour coming up with Dave Elhoff. Financial thought doctor is going to be here to talk about the inflation and Tax Expansion Act that was signed into law. We also have update breaking news for you guys on the CDC. Seems like there's some stuff, uh, there's some shakeups happening there. And uh, so stick around. We got a whole nother. And what celebrities took millions of dollars in loans from the government during COVID, even though they're worth a billion dollars and never paid the loans back? Stay tuned and you'll find out. This is the Andrew K Show on AIM 1170. The answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.